It's Thursday, January 23rd. I'm Martine Powers. This is an impeachment update from Post Reports. Thank you, Chief Justice, uh, and thank you to the senators for two now very long days. We're greatly appreciative. So, Amber Phillips, today is day three of the Senate impeachment trial, the second day when House managers, the Democrats, are making their case against President Trump. How was today different from what we saw yesterday? Adam Schiff started the hearings on Thursday by saying, And here I must ask uh, you for some forbearance. I know that you guys are, are complaining to reporters about us repeating a lot of stuff. Well, we're going to be repeating a lot of stuff. I want to explain the reason for it. You've now heard hundreds of hours of deposition and live testimony from the House condensed into an abbreviated narrative of the facts. We will now show you these facts and many others and how they are interwoven. You will see some of these facts and videos, therefore, in a new context, in a new light, in the light of what else we know and why it compels a finding of guilt and conviction. So there is some method to our madness. At the same time, he's continued to make this case that that Republicans should join Democrats and introduce new evidence in the form of documents and, and Trump's top aides testifying. And, and his point was, then we wouldn't be repeating as much. That basically the reason why we have to repeat everything is because we still only have essentially the information that we had during the House impeachment hearings, but that if you were allowing us to bring in new witnesses and introduce new evidence, then we could talk about new stuff. But you're not allowing us to do that. Exactly. But there's an inherent tension in that argument that Democrats are making because the same time they're saying, we haven't gotten to the bottom of this, they're also saying, we know exactly what Trump did. It's irrefutable. Enough for you guys to kick him out of office. And that those things are not the same thing. Right. They're in contrast with each other. I don't know that they're mutually exclusive. And you also saw that at various points today where you had House Democrats basically trying to make Republicans look hypocritical, going so far as to bring up video of what people had said in the past about the powers of the president and about what an abuse of power looks like and what it means. He brought up video of Alan Dershowitz, who is now serving as a president's lawyer. He brought up video of Lindsey Graham from the past. And that really seemed to be an effort to undermine what Republicans are going to be saying in coming days. That's right. Uh, Democrats were saying, listen, some of you are sitting here in this chamber who argued Bill Clinton should be impeached two decades ago for lesser things than what Trump is accused of now. And he used, uh, in Lindsey Graham's case, those exact same arguments we're using today to say he should be thrown out of office. And I might say the same thing of then-House manager Lindsey Graham, who in President Clinton's trial flatly rejected the notion that impeachable offenses are limited to violations of established law. Here is what he said. What's a high crime? How about if an important person hurts somebody of low means? It's not very scholarly, but I think it's the truth. I think that's what they meant by high crimes. Doesn't even have to be a crime. It's just when you start using your office and you're acting in a way that hurts people. 
I also thought it was rather pointed of, of Democrats to bring up Alan Dershowitz. He is this Harvard law professor who used to be on the left and has now enraged the left because he's now on the right on, on Fox News defending Trump and saying he shouldn't be impeached for this stuff. And he's on Trump's legal team, and we can expect him to defend the president in the coming days. Another who comes to mind is Professor Alan Dershowitz, at least Alan Dershowitz in 1998. Back then, here is what he had, what he had to say about impeachment for abuse of power. It certainly doesn't have to be a crime. If you have somebody who completely corrupts the office of president and who abuses trust and who poses great danger to our liberty, you don't need a technical crime. Essentially, that you don't have to commit a crime to be impeached, which is something that President Trump has been out there saying inaccurately, that he, you have to meet the statutory criminal code in order for Congress to throw him out of office. I'm also curious about how the senators who are sitting in the chambers are doing. I'm not sure the chief justice is fully aware of just how rare it is, how extraordinary it is for the House members to be able to command the attention of senators sitting silently for hours (laughs) or even for minutes, for that matter. Um, Of course, it doesn't hurt that the morning starts out every day with a sergeant at arms warning you that if you don't, you will be imprisoned. Um, It's our hope that uh, when the trial concludes, and you've heard us and you've heard the President's counsel uh, over a series of long days, that you don't choose imprisonment instead of anything further. Because we talked yesterday about how it was already clear that people were getting bored, and today we saw tweets about Richard Burr having a fidget spinner and Marsha Blackburn reading a book openly during the Senate impeachment trial, and whether things are really devolving in terms of the attention span of of senators or even any pretense that they're really listening to and processing the information that's being spoken to them. It does seem like senators are just blatantly, some of them, tuning out in this trial. Marsha Blackburn, in particular, you brought up, is someone who went out of her way to go on social media and say, yes, I'm reading a book during this trial. That's wild. She tried to say it was, like, tied to the case, but but she didn't explain why you wouldn't listen to Democrats explaining the case. It suggests that Republicans are not taking this seriously anymore, they're, you know, they swore that oath of impartiality at the beginning, but there's nothing holding them to that. There's no punishment for violating that oath, for reading a book or playing with toys or just getting up and walking out whenever you want. Um, and it definitely suggests that Democrats are going to have a hard time convincing any Republicans to join them going forward on some of these motions they want to do to keep the trial going. So what are you going to be watching for on Friday and Saturday? So Democrats have one more day of being able to present their case. How are they going to wrap this up? We just talked about senators not focusing, being bored. I notice Adam Schiff, the lead impeachment manager, as someone who loves to come on in between each presentation and tie it in a nice tidy bow. So how is he going to take all of this information, 24 hours worth, and put it together succinctly and clearly? Saturday, total sea change in the impeachment trial. At this point, Republican senators won't be sitting there feeling like they're being lectured by Democrats, which is how some of them have described this trial so far. We're going to have President Trump's team begin their defense. There are indications, so they haven't outright said this, that they are going to be 
shorter. We also saw Tuesday when they got up debating the rules of this trial in favor of a, again, shorter, succinct, in-and-out kind of trial, that there was political attacks in very personal ways to some of the senators sitting there. Uh, They used hyperbole, at one point accusing Democrats of an, an undemocratic kind of foreign country in the way they're behaving with President Trump. And at one point, there were flat-out inaccuracies. It's a very Trumpian style of defense, and I'm, and I'm interested to see how they do that. Amber Phillips reports on politics for The Fix. That's it for this segment of Post Reports. Full episodes of our show come out every weekday afternoon. You can subscribe at postreports.com or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Martine Powers. Thanks for listening.